Shalom and thanks for joining us. You're listening to the Elect Life Podcast Edition with Liz McGee. We hope you enjoy the journey as Liz takes you through her mystical insights from ancient Jewish writings. You'll find more info on the website at theelectlife.org. So go check it out and make sure you have oil in your lamp for the coming of Mashiach. And now your host, Liz McGee. Shalom, shalom, and Shabbat shalom. So I've come back. Welcome to this episode of The Elect Life. My name is Liz McGee, and again, we're going to keep on the theme. Now I'm really, I have a lot of righteous anger that's building. Because, you know, we live in, this is a crazy time, right? I'm not going to go into detail, but there's a lot of chaos out there. A lot of chaos in the streets, as below, that means there's a lot of chaos <laughs> in the heavens, as above. But, you know, what? when the foundations start to crumble, what should the righteous do? That is always the ultimate question. We've been here before. Uh, this is nothing new under the sun, but this time, the outcome, I believe, and really it's prophesied to be different. So, uh, last week I did a show on um, the wicked be damned. <laughs> we got to get back to a fundamental understanding of the biblical archetypes. There is a house, there's a container, there's an absolute empirical lockdown uh, structure, theology, organization to the letters, to the word, to the message, to the whole, um, you know, from Keter to Malkut. All of Adam Cademan, the whole Tetragrammaton, this is a big, big, big understanding. yod Hey vav Hey. Most Christians have no concept, and you need to get one. It's getting oil in your lamp. But sticking to the point, on the same times, to hell with the wicked. That's what I'm saying today. Seriously. You, the righteous have got to stand up with righteous anger. And we have to shout and make our voice heard. And we have to tell the godless to sit down and shut up. It's exactly how I feel. I am done. I am done with these godless people that are in Ephraim, that are in Judah, trying to tell us, the good sheep, the righteous, what to do or how to live. That's totally anti-Torah. Boom. Done. Okay? See, Jude says, uh, just going to Jude, which is a packed little book. Again, my whole point, you can pack so much into such tiny uh, subatomic worlds. But anyways, it says, dear friends, he's I'm either eager to write to you about those who contend for the faith that was for all time entrusted to the saints. Our story hasn't changed or shouldn't have for certain men whose condemnation was written about long ago have recently slipped in. I don't even think says Lisa, who have was written about long ago, have secretly slipped in among you. Nothing new under the sun. The godless are in the camp of the righteous, and they're going to get us all killed. <laughs> if we don't root them out, as the Messiah says, he will root out the tears. Their wickedness and they themselves will be thrown out of the kingdom. Now, he says, the, there are godless men who change the grace of our Elohim into a license for immorality, and who do not deny Mashiach, the Lord Jesus Christ, the incarnation here for the lost sheep, our only sovereign and Lord. Now, there's a lot of, all right, I'm going to stay on the point. The point is, these people creep in unawares, and they have crept into the church again. And they are strutting. They are parading their sin in the streets, totally unashamed. And I use the word streets allegorically and literally. Okay, because there always is, as above, so below. There's many levels of meaning, and you've got to be able to articulate and expound and understand on all of them. Now, who are the wicked? Okay. You know, and all right, I want to say this. Because when the keys to the kingdom are lost, this is what you should have said, you denigrate into a very carnal, low-level, pashat, fundamentalist mindset, which tends to be very divisive and full of schism, carnality, immorality, you know, all this is what we see. When the church loses its high spiritual understanding and its mojo 
to enforce it, it becomes just like the nations. All right? We know. Now, in Matthew 13, 11, there's the very famous parable, and it says that the knowledge of the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, Yeshua restored to his Talmudim, his 12 disciples, these quote-unquote 12 apostles called that. He was building up a whole new archetypal structure. He was restoring the keys of the kingdom. Why? Because the scribes and Pharisees had infiltrated. What scribes and Pharisees was Yeshua referring to? He wasn't referring to the righteous Sadiqs. They're still... There were still many, 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 many righteous in Israel at the time of Yeshua. But there had been an infiltration, the Hasmonean, and this is history. I don't have a lot of time to go into this. I just want to say you have to understand, that's why you have to understand, like the Book of Maccabees, the Hasmonean dynasty of Judah that, came, that saved the day <laughs> in one generation and in the next generation were completely infiltrated and totally took the priesthood and with it, the precepts, the keys to the kingdom, and totally hijacked them. So that by the time Yeshua came, this is probably about 230 years later, they'd lost the keys, the people were clueless. That's what Yeshua said. All right, this is, a, this is a reoccurring problem. It's happened today. All right, and that's what the whole point now is the unsealing is going on. People need to have ears to hear, eyes to see. You need to get oil in your lamp. You need to get to this highest level of understanding again. Hulkamah and Bina, that's what I'm kind of like this. That's my mantra, all right? But, so Yeshua is establishing that the knowledge of these keys has been given, but he quotes by saying the multitudes, those who still refuse in this, to turn to the righteous standard, they are, they, their eyes will, and ears will be closed to all wisdom and understanding. That mindset that, re, that lets darkness rule when you reject Yahweh's blueprint on every level, and you, you disintegrate into what is called darkness. Darkness is equated to um, Bahu, which is uh, the world of Tahu Bahu, to chaos, which means that all the bonds that, that normally would, would adhere something together and make it be what it is, also get blown up. So nothing's recognizable anymore. And then they try to make all new out of the chaos. They try to make all new bonds, but guaranteed because it's the wicked doing it, it's not going to reflect the image, the face, the commandments, the laws, the Torah of our Elohim. All right? So this is why right now, if the righteous don't stand up and tell these people to sit down and shut up and get out of our country. You know, they, they have rulership over the nations to many extents. And this is where this battle, this is why this battle is now, if you really want to know, it's against the wicked, biblically called the wicked, would be called um, today the globalists, or even more biblically, the nations. See, these are people, this is a mindset. It always starts, remember, everything starts in the mind. As a man thinketh, so is he. Whatever your paradigm, your worldview, if you come out of darkness, if you refuse the light of life, the light of Torah, so everything that you build, construct, is going to be, of the fruit, show the fruit of darkness and chaos, all right? And it will eventually get to the point it has to be thrown away, it's worthless, it has to be judged, which is where we are. These tares, these literally wicked people who have infiltrated, this is the whole point, like Jesus, they've infiltrated the, infiltrated the highest levels of our government, our, you know, our spiritual echelons, our monetary, these banksters, oh my gosh. All right, now, in, in, in this, this pandemic, they are everything. All right, but in America, and I've taught on this, and I believe this with a whole my heart, we are represent a governmental seat of the Mashiach in the world today, the two houses of Israel. If we could get our act together, rise up as an, an, in this concept of the new Adam that we have a right to rule over the nations and tell them, no, there is a standard. It's called Torah. You adhere to it. We'll, we'll get blessings, and we will root out these wicked tears. And, I mean, there's, it's a very simple formula. Not many people are willing to you know, pay the price to do this. But there will be a generation in the end. That's what the Bible says. So you go from Torah. Now, let me explain again. This is where we have to go back to these archetypal understandings, which are in the Hebrew letters. The letters don't lie. And they base themselves. The letters actually create nature. Hello, Elohim. <laughs> I'm going to give some deep esoteric understandings quickly. But they're biblical and they're foundational and they're orthodox. 
And I hope to be able to keep coming up with a format where I can spend more time precept by precept teaching and disseminating. But for intents and purposes, here, let me take this off because that was later on in the, right now. Now, so the people, it says we are to adhere to the rule of the law. Listen, Christian especially. I got two quick words to say to the two houses. One says, Christian, there is a standard. It's not, you didn't make it up. Judah has been keeping it from the beginning. You need to come back to it. And you need to make it your total modus operandi. All right? It's called the Tanakh. All right? We call, you know, it's really funny and do this because I realize this. If you do a Bible search on Google, and if you put in the word Bible, so what was I looking up? I can't remember. I wanted to find something quick and I put a few keywords and I put Bible. And I came up with all these like Christianese type websites that I know what they're saying and where they're going and it's like half the picture. Then I went and I went back to my first two keywords and I put in the word Tanakh, which came up all totally Hebraic in the understanding. So you have to understand Tanakh is the more complete it is the better Hebraic word to put to use because it's an anachronism. This is a fundamental thing that you need to learn. Even my, this is how the Torah is written over and over and over again with what are, one way is called anachronisms, where they take the first letters. So let's say you have a, a verse and it's made up of five letters or, you know, five root letters that go together and make a stream of words. It is a, is a concept. And in this, in this instance, it's, Tanakh, which is the T is for Torah. T, ta, Tanakh is for the five books of Moshe. That's what it stands for. That's the foundational covenant, covenantal understanding. It includes all the other covenants from Noah and with Shem and with um, Enoch. And go back to Adam. It incorporates all of them into it. The Tanakh, the first five books of Moshe, are pretty much summing up the, the, the Torah. The law, you people, you need to understand there are laws, ordinance, statutes, precepts, commandments. They don't, Yahweh doesn't change. They're the same for the angels and for us. This isn't, we understand the word is eternal. The word formed these commandments when he gave them, and, and he didn't read it just again for all time. I think with now with the nation, with much, this is it. This this is not going to get wiped out. And this is what he says. As long as the Jews, or as long as the sun and the moon still do their thing, <laughs> you know, never again will the witness of the Torah be wiped off the face of the earth like it was in other times. Um, but then you have Tanakh, Nach, Nach, which is the letter Nun, which is Nevim, which is the prophets. So we know it's the law, it's the prophets. And these are very Specific categories of writings, especially in the evolution or, in, you know, precept upon precept. And then the last one is the ha, Tanakh, ha, which is CH, which is the het. I believe it's the het. It's the prof, it's wisdom writings, the ketavim, ke, ke. It's the histories. It's where the Dead Sea Scrolls, it's where the deep mysteries are. This is like the meat of the word. This is the so level understanding. You've got to have this. If you can't get through the law, which is basic and foundational, you go to the prophets so you can understand why the prophets are saying what they're saying because these people are getting off the foundation. And then you have the deepest understanding of why everybody's doing what they're doing. The whole what's going on in heaven, you know, mirroring on earth, what's going on in heaven is in the so level, is in the writings. All right? The Tanakh. Most people today who have really come up to this level of understanding understand that the New Testament is actually fulfilled or midrashically expounding in some of the greatest ways, like Paul was one of the greatest Torah scholars, the, the Mashiach, the level of Mashiach that had just happened with Messiah ben Joseph. All right. It's still more See, this whole concept of putting us in this Old and New Testament, it's one stream of consciousness, all right? So I'm kind of done with all of this right side, left side division duality. It's totally real, but what we need to do, we need to find, come into, this is what it is, the middle pillar, to the balance, to the harmony, to Tifrit, to Mashiach, we'll make perfect peace. But I'm getting off. Okay, so we have to understand, it's Tanakh. People, it is the Ten Commandments. <laughs> There's no other way to parse this. 
This is what Judah has always known. They have always kept the letters, the writings, the standards, the covenants, you know, the precepts in their house. This is why, Hebrews, you're going back. All right? Fundamental stuff, but totally has to be understood. But at the end of the age, that's why I say our cycle, and like, remember, you know, what once was will be again. And we are back in this game again where the wicked have totally infiltrated into the highest echelons of, you know, a governmental, especially today, because it really is our main arenas is the government. There is a deep state, people. I mean, I don't care what you call it. There's a way the wicked organize themselves, promote themselves, get their strategies and agendas done, and totally harass and pollute and, and try to infiltrate us. Okay? It is come to, this is why like, I'm being more like in a scene. It is the sons of darkness are the sons of light, and they're everywhere. The wheat and the tares are everywhere. What is the righteous to do? We can judge them by their fruit. Vengeance is the father's. He says, he says in the same, this is in Matthew 13, he says, the son of man will send out his angels. They will weed out of his kingdom every cause of sin and every, that's the root system, and all who practice this sin or this lawlessness. So if you want to be in the camp of chaos, in the camp of, um, of darkness, you know, fine, have at it. But you're no longer in a policy. This is why I have to speak to the righteous. You need to rise up. These people have no right and authority. Get rid of your sin. Get rid of your bondage. Get rid of your captivity. Get rid of your dullness of hearing and your blindness of sight and your total lack of, of in yourself adhering to Torah. All right? This is what's going on. Come out of her, my people. Come out of Babylon. Come out of Egypt. Get these systems out of you. Now, there's something I have to say, because see, this is why, at the end of the age, I'm convinced, there is a level of people who are deeply studying the Sod Mysteries, again, on the level to how to impart it as wisdom on the highest levels that will be able to synthesize, integrate, harmonize, bring balance, bring reunification to the two houses of Israel, all right? You got the Christians and the Jews. And you actually have a third, you have the righteous Gentiles in there, too. All right. There's a lot of people that are really righteous, you know, you should have said if they're not against us, they're for us, who just don't want to get caught up in all the religious bullshit, which I don't blame them. All right. Sorry. Okay. But there's fundamental, empirical, repeatable, observable, dependable, unchanging relationships in this, in the tree of life, which is the overarching structure and theology for the righteous. And what it's saying, okay? But there's some here, because I listened to this video. Now, this is what kind of got me started. I'm so, and somebody, I, was, I watched this video. I was like, oh, well, there's no way to fight it. There, you know, I felt totally powerless in the sense of like, oh my gosh, it, this video was so slick. It was so well produced. The information was so stealthily presented to catch the unwary who aren't, aware of the higher usages of these words totally create, oh my gosh, you know, that's why these race wars, because people don't understand. Now the gender wars again, and now the rabbis versus, you know, women. See, this is what I just, there's a fundamental archetype built into our Torah, built into the tree of life. And if you don't understand that, and if you take a lot of these verses on their literal level, that's the problem, people. You cannot take these rabbis' quotes in their literal sense, out of context, A, not supplying, well, I think in some of there was the Hebrew. I didn't go to check to see if there was um, like a chapter and a verse or, or, or like a, a recording that I could go and check to verify if I wanted to be that thorough. But listening to overall the argument, there is no question See, this is the, the reality of life. This is why Charles Dickens was a great writer, because he encapsulated something so true and timeless when he said it is always the best of times and the worst of times. <laughs> There's some realities that are full of blessing and balance and righteousness and goodness, and they, you flourish 
and there are the others that are like, you know, will totally choke you. There's so, so depending that there's always a lower level understanding that the uninitiated, the unawares, the simple, and the wicked, see, they exploit that level, that will totally take a sowed level meaning and only keep it on the Peshat level and say, oh my gosh, like, okay, in the quote, this is a famous quote, and I'm not going to like, where it says, the Goyim are like beasts. It's like, how offensive. But you just got to understand what they're saying. There's nothing absolutely at all abnormal about what they're saying when you understand what they're referring to as a beast, okay? A carnal nature person. A person who acts without a higher rational understanding, without a mind, without an, in, without an intellectual, correct, Tanakh Torah-based understanding whose emotional life is not harnessed, is not controlled, is not elevated to express the, the correct intellectual um, manifestation correctly. All right, this, <laughs> this fundamental level is, is what, as I keep saying, gets us all in trouble. And you cannot take these soul level understandings and just parade them out there and say, oh, look at these people say, you know, these rabbis are saying this about women because I guarantee, uh, this is my point, let me just, yes, there are rabbis out there, there's, there's Christians out there, there are Islamic men out there, there's just regular brute beasts out there who denigrate women through the centuries have done terrible things okay but you know what that is that's doesn't escape Yahweh all right that's a part of the problem that can be corrected and to large extents it has been being corrected over the centuries trust me but when you denigrate the deep understandings of the Torah sages to make them all misogynist pedophile uh you know haters of Gentiles, you're doing the same thing they're doing in Black Lives Matter. Then again, you know, you just stop, sit down and shut up because you do not understand what you're dealing with. All right. You're dealing with fire and it's going to turn around and it's going to burn you. Okay. So this is why it just kind of, uh, there's nothing I can say. There's nothing I can say. All right. I've never had a problem as a woman really believing that I was totally before the father as a flower, like any other flower in the garden, be it a male or female. I mean, I just, okay. And I think a lot of women are able to get to that level, understand, yeah, the system is not perfect and you fight against injustice, but you don't, you can still function and flourish within it. And you need not incite just such a, a complete, um, this is what's happening, a complete, duality that there's no middle ground there's no, nothing we share in common people we all share the middle pillar into the male and the female all right now let me get into this the male and the female let me just okay so there's a fundamental way that the the, the sages is, have expressed this concept okay let's just start at the top you've got to go to the top you've got to start at the top work your way down Keter Chokmah and Bina Okay, produces that. Done a lot of teaching on this, but for, for all intents and purposes, Bina is understanding. Bina is here. Bina is the female principle. Yahweh Elohim. Yahweh Elohim. This is after he separates them to male and female. You have, you have um, Elohim is here. Yahweh is, includes really and truly because it's two-thirds, one-third. It's really an uh, Yahweh is the right pillar and the middle pillar. But for all intents and purposes, you have to understand the way your text is written. Because every man is going to be without excuse. It is, we are all a microcosm of the original archetype of Adam. You can stretch it out. You can put it together. It does. It's a representation of a man that's not an accident. You go from the microcosm. Every individual stands. We stand according to the same Torah laws. Everybody gets judged the same. Male or female. Bond nor free. You know, slave or um, rich or poor. Everybody gets. And it, it is an archetype of the human persona and the body. What goes on inside affects the outside. This is, this is the fundamental thing that I think one of the main things that we've lost in our understanding of Tanakh 
Christians who don't understand, is the deep level of, okay, so we know, Christian, you would kind of say it's a body. We're made up of a body, a soul, and a spirit. This is your spirit, your body. Let's start here. This is your spirit. This is your soul. This is your body. Very specific. You, the female, over here, Bina, he separate. He made the male and female. This is the image. This is the likeness. <coughs> this is the energy. This is the bits, the information. You understand something fundamentally about the way the text is using the male and the female. These are, it's all gone. It's all the same. But he definitely created a duality of energy, of, of spiral. See, this is where, you know, in the, even the letter Lamed totally tracks with this. All right? Um, but this is your brain. This, every single person has a brain. Every single person has a right brain. Can you see that? That is a little walnut. It's right brain and left brain. That, and you look at this. This is a fun thing. You go on the internet and Google in walnut and the brain, and you'll see it's, it's two hemispheres. You're dividing the left side and the right side that actually do function together totally quite nicely most of the time. All right? Fits into, you know, this is, this is so Hebraic. I know, I don't know how. Yeah, all right. So see that inside? You put the brains. This is like the skull. You put the brains right inside, a left side and a right side. All right? I mean, that's, there's nothing. Miss every Nature does not lie. Nature is following the total archetype that we see as, as foundational in our Torah understanding. But what they but what what they're doing? So so this is where I was going to show you this because literally this is a truth. People just oh I'm about the 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 Hindu religions or let's say the Eastern religions didn't uh, make this up. This isn't their invention. This is Hebraic. This comes from Adam. This is the original archetypal understanding. The spiral, the energy flow. Here's your lamed people. It's the spiral. And I, I can't get to you, but yin and yang is, it's a profane um, release of the information, but in one sense, it's perfectly adequate. This is a truth. Summer, winter, you, the opposites, you have, um, you reap, see, this is what's interesting. Okay, yin is the female principle, all right? And it's, you know, they say the right side, the, the, all these things, the creative side, I have these things. It's, it's wet, it's cold, it's passive. There's signs. I mean, there's so much deep understanding embedded into these things. And it, but it, it's the shady side of the mount. I mean, there's so many ways they embed this concept of the female. Then let me say the male is the left side of the brain. It is the logic, the linear. It, it, it's, the, it's the line. See, and they say the sort of circular reasoning versus linear reasoning. But they work together. Now, what I want to show you is um, this is on the sunny side of the mountain. Okay, so there's no, it's not an accident that when you get over to the right side with the image, which is the male, which is the male energy, which is also equated here with light, with um, the eyes. All right, this is shin. We have to understand here, this, the female is this is earth and this is the fundamental thing i have to say is about these principles <laughs> the best way to explain it is the male force if you're going to throw a baseball think of it like father you know he spoke yahweh spoke it's in the in the beginning god said i mean that force believe me he didn't when yahweh speaks you know, people listen. That is such energy that, you know, you speak. This is the point. Worlds are created through, through our mouth, through our voice. This is sort of the fundamental principle. You are what you say. You are what you think. You are what you speak. And ultimately then um, influence what you do. Your soul, again, your, it's all a, your intellect, your psychological nature, your soul nature, and your carnal, your fleshly nature. Always. But this is like... The energy he throws out there, God said. But if you don't have energy, we'll just go on forever. 
It was pretty powerful stuff. An energy, a wave, a light wave, a it will just go on unless there's something psh, right in front to catch it. So you got to look at the female is like the ball. She catches it. She's the ground. She's the circle. So the energy gets thrown by God, but it gets caught right away by the ball. The ball goes into the glove. <laughs> which is an exact analogy. So now that energy is contained in Elohim, in the female principle, in the female now, and it's actually like a computer program, and she gets all this information, this da-da-da-da-da, you know, and then she spits out all these different codes. Well, it's, I mean, this, I got to do this, I got to do this. You know, this, and these archetypes do filter down into structuring family life in a lot of ways that are very healthy, and beneficial and flow with energy okay but energy is energy it's all God so you can't it's not a well it, there is a hierarchical flow to the energy but for all intents and purposes my point is the Yah throws the ball in, in Elohim the, the, or let's say the male throws the ball the energy this is the point and the mitt which is called which is see it's very it, it the glove, the vessel, the container, the world catches it. And then within there are all these programs that, that will now break it down, encode it, and are full, is fully equipped with starting to spit out, so to speak. See, that's why Elohim over here is, is God in the sense, in its nature, it's the visible, where they talk about it's the imminent. Your mother usually comforts, you know, there is an imminent part of God that's very intimate and imminent. You can know him. You, there's a, there's a, almost a, a touchy feelingness <laughs> to God, all right? In the female, the way it comes down, but you understand the female is full of bits. She's got all the, the, the code that unlocks or yeah, it's the programs that unlock that code. See, and it comes down and makes. What does it make? All right, what does the female energy, she produces children. That's the whole point. See, people, we are still talking about, in an architectural sense, how our bodies, how our body, soul, and spirits as a microcosm of the great macrocosm of God, how we're made in his image and his likeness. Let's keep this thing totally elevated and structurally sound. Right, this is the foundation. Actually, you know everything. If you don't have the upper foundation, that what it's just going to be a mess, unstable. Remember, as above, so below, in the earthly realm. All right, we have a sure foundation. We have the letters. We have the word. We have the Torah, the written Torah. But but think of it this way also in the in the in the concept with the oral Torah and the written Torah. There's very specific things that are being referenced here. There's the soul of Torah. There's the, the literalness of Torah. And one cannot be without the other. You have to have this whole thing. You, like, like, right, what, are you going to cut your, your hand off? To, you're going to cut off half of this system and you're going to be pretty limp you're not going to function it's not going to work it's meant to work but you have to understand archetypally the male and the female all right as it's and we all have it left brain right brain but it is in the middle pillar it is what yahweh has given us this is why the giving of torah the middle pillar is our standard is the balancer this is mercy this is judgment you get down to Hesed and Gavira. This, you know, this is the Yod of the Tetragrammaton. This is the Hay of the Tetragrammaton. This is the Vav of the Tetragrammaton. It's actually seven. It's very, I'm going to get into the numbers in a second. And then you have the physicality. You have Earth down here. You have Yesod. You have the Covenant. You have the Phallus. You have how life comes into the world, people. This, there's nothing in this quote-unquote macrocosm body that is not true to nature nature does not lie now let me um go over here something i want to say because this is this is why there's so much con gender confusion well people totally don't want to adhere to the torah laws of sexuality it's very clear people eat 
only through artificial insemination, artificial intelligence, artificial. This is, can you recreate life? Yahweh's life comes in a natural order of progression. If you don't, you know, there's many of your thieves who don't come in through the correct door, who don't come in through the, you know, there's a lot of, oh, this is what the answer is. There's a lot of pe liars and cheaters and, and, you know, they tunnel their way and all these kind of things, all right? These archetypes are very deeply thought through on many levels. But the Bible is made into, all right, so this is why the numbers are so interesting. And it all parallels the numbers, one to two, all right? Come into, coming into three, coming into seven, coming into one, coming into four. When you take the original decade, one, two, three, four, six, seven, eight, nine, <laughs> I do that fast enough. Uh, are single digit numbers? They're they're like worlds. They're separate. They reference this. They they combine and they build worlds, realities, from entities to all sorts of levels of living things. And the levels are this. Okay, so the four here. Let me put this. Uh, Oh dear, I had a, here, just a second. Let me erase something here. What I, I guess what blows me away is how incredibly, and unless you get born from above, so I talk about with being in the spin cycle, you've got to get born, so our text is saying, from above. There's a, there's a, there's a level of functioning. There's a program available to the righteous especially now to the elect in the last days that will totally part of the resurrection standing up you will ascend now just let me say this there are four that's why the number four is so important there are four well, that's not gonna right let's do this there are four main worlds we'll use that word worlds dimensions uh, four corners, four principalities, <laughs> four archangels. There's a four. What four is representing is there are basically four basic breakdowns in the creation. And it starts here with um, top atom, animal, vegetable, and mineral. Ever play that game? Animal, mineral, animal, vegetable, mineral. These classifications of all creation remember it's all subsetting so start with the broadest categories you can get these are the broadest categories you can get we know just take the animal kingdom i mean you can subset it how many species i don't i have no idea off the top of my head but are the plant kingdom billions probably of species right millions but the atom people that's who the firstborn is the firstborn are the sons of the person who owns the house. <laughs> They're the legitimate heirs. That's a son of God, truly. A true Elohim, a true son of God, is a firstborn, which is Adam. Adam was made the ruler over all the different levels of creation, of intelligences. The other thing that totally has to be understood, the, mind, the modern mindset that there's somehow some secular world out there, and that's all there is. There's no, the hidden worlds, the quantum physics, totally tells us about and blows out that those have to be factored in what you just see with your physical eyes is like a tiny little tiny little portion of what's really out there in quote unquote unquote the world of reality okay so let me go through this you have four worlds you have the mineral the vegetable the animal and the the adamic all right adam was put over again you have this in categories of the 70 nations 70 nations it doesn't refer at all to literal nations down here you know it has to do with root systems with principalities and powers with the hierarchical system of this just uh, right, let's just stick to this the animal mineral vegetable in the mineral kingdom they always use certain words so then they've established this so how do we talk about the mineral kingdom in the text in other words, this is what's so interesting, too, because I said this is a circle, this is a spiral, this is an energy flow. The beginning is the end. It just keeps going around and around, and it's a spiral. It's an, 
I mean, this is, this is what we're dealing with on one level. But so that he could say that's why they have the Ouroboros, the tail eating, you know, the head. It's like it's a continual cycle because the mineral kingdom, while we might think of it down here, is like the most dense and dead and least animated, because it is actually the least animated of all the kingdoms, is actually the most foundational. It contains the elements. It contains the actual bits of, of light. Light that came down to us is literally, it, it's bits of light. It's not even bits of black typeface. It's, it's bits of light that come down, that Bina catches. <laughs> All right, and these bits, she decodes. She, she figures out what it says. She spits it out. I mean, in one sense, and this is, again, this, is, this whole side is really when you, nature, and why nature is, to a certain extent, is fallen, exhibits fallenness, it exhibits great chaos at times, it exhibits waves that toss and turn, the emotional, because another, let me just say, <laughs> there's so many tracks here, but this whole thing, see, this is the intellectual mind, and, and here especially, let's just put this aside. This is the mother, father. This is our heavenly mother and heavenly father. This is the son. This is Zeron Pin for all intents and purposes. But in this, again, this is the, a world of physicality. The intellectual part of man, Torah, that doesn't change is here in the Neshama, soul life, and in Baria. But there is, this is where it gets really deep because Tor, Moshe, if you understand, he he came down the mountain and he had to break the first set of commandments because he was so upset with what the people were doing. He's like, oh, forget that. Your children, look at them, look at them, look at them, break Torah down there. Oh my gosh. And, and the father gave him another Torah, a lower level understanding. This is a lot of, it's being true, but be that as it may, we're ascending in our understanding. So what I want to say is these are, these are psychological levels. This is talking fundamentally about your nephesh, your carnal soul, your appetites, the parts of you that, that are, like, like, are pre-programmed almost. There's so much in our systems, autonomic systems, that just operate and run. And in a beast, this is the point, they just operate and run. He doesn't think about it. He has no choice in changing it. You don't see a beaver one day wake up and say, hey, you know, uh, I want to build a house. I think today I'll paint my house. I think today I'll figure out how to make paint out of the minerals. No, he just builds his little house out of sticks and stones and whatever's in the, and that's it. The levels of embellishment aren't even available to his mind. Okay, that's why he's in nature. But that's not so with the Adamic. But what I want to say is these are talking about the psychological levels of our soul. This is one of the main things. Yeshua came, the Mashiach comes to bring balance and order to the soul of man. This level in here is what has been infiltrated, compromised, is full of the evil inclination. At this point, the wicked are running. <clears throat> if the wicked get into places, literally, positions of power down here, as it would, and rule over the righteous, they make life hell, like Pharaoh did for the righteous in Egypt. All right? This is the archetype. But this, we have to understand, this Torah has so much to say. I don't know why Freud and these people, when they repackage the Kabbalistic, the soul level understanding that's in the Tanakh, because they're Jews, they understand, why they didn't stick with the Hebraic words and explain it this way, I don't know. And frankly, I don't know who they were working for per se, because it's only made us distanced us from God. It hasn't helped bring a unification of our understanding and God's understanding or the two houses together. So, you know, wisdom is known justified of her children by the fruit. But let me get back to this. Okay, I'm going to finish this up. <laughs> this is my point. With these deep levels of understanding, th this is actually one of the, the, the most important. This is the foundational. This is where it starts. This is the stone of Israel, the minerals. And I, I've started to have playlists and unpack this, and there's so much information. <clears throat> and how the wicked use literally. I mean, they put chemicals in our food that literally attract us to the dark side. The sophistication of the warfare that is upon us in these last days, and because we're getting our butts won, because we have Christian rejected Tanakh, many secular Jews out there, they're just basically, they're tired, they've given up on their own Torah, shame on you, you know, living only according to the Peshat level. <clears throat> but 
then you move up into the vegetable world. And this is where uh, the next level, this is the pattern of Genesis, if you'll find it, uh, that he created, the trees. And this is on the third day, he made the vegetable kingdom. All right. Then he made uh, the animal kingdom on the uh, fourth and fifth and more on the sixth day. Actually, and then the Adam <clears throat> on the last day. But <clears throat> the way information is coded and the way we can glean deep flashes of spiritual revelation and insight, the true light that is being beaming out into Venus, so to speak, of the information, is the way they, <clears throat> they code, <clears throat> I'm so sorry, concepts. So in the mineral world, it'll talk about gold and silver, iron and uh, bronze and metals, base metals versus precious metals. I mean, because gold and silver are, is, is a level, again, ideas, elementals, think of the basic bits, light and bit of energy, the, the original archetypal theological construct, those words were meant to create in the mineral kingdom. This is producing then again, a vegetable kingdom, producing then again. I know there's a literal level, but what I'm trying to do is you have to see these things in the progression of our soul life, from our nephish soul life, equated down here to the vegetable soul life, to the, to the animal soul life, to the Adamic firstborn soul life. These programs all. Now, many people, well, there's, all right, but what I want to say here, but they use these archetypes. So when you're talking in the animal kingdom, when they're making textual analysis, allegorical inferences, you know, they'll use the lion and the lioness. Okay, because a lion is at the top of the food chain in the animal kingdom. That's the, I mean, everybody kind of accepts that, that archetypal image, you know, when the lion roars. I mean, look at Lion King, they're promoting, you know, and both sides abduct or both sides try to use it for their highest level of understanding in what is portrayed in this world, all right, the, the lion. He's the, you know, Yeshua, one of his personas is the lion of the king of Judah. Well, it's not accident, all right? In the, in, the, in the vegetable world, it would talk about trees. Trees are the pinnacle of creation in the vegetable plant kingdom. And what's so fascinating today, this whole concept of ancient trees. Oh, I just have to interject this because this is, because I can, one rabbit trail the giant trees they've been finding, that these, some of these mounds we're seeing are really trees, stumps cut down. The world was much bigger back then. Bigger, better, and badder. This is a quote. I, I was reading Second Ezra's again. Sometimes I like to go back and visit a text and reread it and see how much more I understand. But there was a verse that I missed the first time, but in 2 Ezra's 5.54, it says, you as shall consider that you and your contemporaries are smaller in stature than those who were before you. I mean, it says it right there, plain as day. That's the understanding. The ancients were, were bigger in stature. Look at, I've been to Rome. I've been to, look at these statues, these, these, um, what do we call them? Temples and things they're making. These things are huge. I mean, really and truly, you're, we're down about this level and these columns are way up here. No, how did, they were bigger. I'm just sorry. That's what the text says. That's what true archaeology will say. That's what all the world mythologies will say. So, I mean, why can't we just believe it? But here's another one on gold and silver. You know, so, well, to go back to that, gold is bina. Get gold. Get with silver is halkma. There we go to get silver, gold and silver. Okay, it's not an accident. Coming down here to gold and to Hesed, they bring it down in colors. They bring it down in archetypes. But this is, Gevera is linked with, that's why, Nebuchadnezzar, I just want, that's why Nebuchadnezzar's head was a head of gold in the sense he did, there's a high level of principality intelligence behind um that's why he was so successful in their campaigns this one thing 
Okay, it's a constant battle. Uh, but they, they had high levels of understanding even how to use the heavens in their battle, so to speak, all right? This is, but in other words, it's, so he had the head of gold, and then the different kingdoms spiral down. See, that, that, that head, that one sense there's a body, the other side has a form. It's a shadow, but it, it forms an archetypal body. The, the, those of the light, the light forms an archetypal body. Okay, but see, so I'm trying to say that the head of gold, it's not an accident. They're totally tracking with where they are on the tree of life, what the code words are, and what's the information being embedded or carried forward. But I get through this. So the animal kingdom, you have the lion, which is the, 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 the kingpin of the, the vegetable is trees. Now this is, I was just getting into this. Sorry, I'm trying to stay linear. The mineral, this is the, let's just call this the gold and the silver. But also in here, oh, precious minerals and stones. That's why, you know, when I get into doing this really, as far as I best I can understand the physics of this, but why the sapphire, that the firmament is, a, is called a sapphire color in blue and what's being expressed. Uh, this is true science, people. This is going to be true science. And it's going to crush. I said, it's going to crush all these other quote-unquote idols or false doctrines, false ways you think you, that you can live and receive a blessing. Uh-uh. Okay? Now, okay, and then you have Adam. You have the firstborn. I know it says man, which is true, but, you know, there's other men. Man, you study deeply in the Greek, in the Hebrew. There are other sons but for our point intents and purpose adam is talking about a first born son which means that he is one of the managers of the house the sons they inherit this they have the right to be the, the head the administers over all the other brothers kingdoms dimensions okay but uh so we have here let me with the trees. I was going to go into this, the vegetable. See, that's why the text reads with the trees, certain phraseology, it talks about oaks of righteousness. Cedars, two kinds of cedars, cedars of Bashan, but there's also cedars of Lebanon. That's their way of coding. Cedars of Bashan, and geographically Bashan, what literally came out of Bashan, the giants, the Nephilim, the hybrids, the 200 angels, they came in, okay, yeah, great and mighty, big men, big of wickedness. But oaks of Lebanon, or cedars of Lebanon, Lebanon is a code word for the righteous side. And what came, Lebanon was a high mountain, was up there in the north, this is where Elijah decided with, there's a righteous, there's a revelation from that will produce cedar. That's why they covered the temple in cedar. It's, it's a literal, they're, they're, they're tracking with a very important principle. But when you talk about <coughs> their contrast, oaks of Bashan, oaks of, uh, cedars of Bashan, cedars of Lebanon. I mean, if you were a prophet, or if you, you totally knew what was being spoken up there. You totally understand the coding and the, and the, so level understanding that's being put through there versus also um, oaks of righteousness is another phrase, an oak tree of righteousness, a big tree. And, and there's so many levels, a tree, a whole clan, a person, a whole clan, a whole bunch of clans together forming a nation. And then finally that is going to cover the whole earth. All right. So these are ways in which and what that they code information in explaining see the different the four worlds and again this gets really deep and i will oh i'm gonna get there uh oh i'm just not even gonna we're not even gonna go there <laughs> all right but let me just finish here with a couple of <clears throat> so you have gold and silver is the top top of the line in the middle okay trees especially you could there's a lot of information about trees that they embed and encode and keep track of the family tree of man all the way down to the, the Kohanim tree of the priests. I mean, it's incredible 
how they're, they're, they're tracing, you know, genealogies and, and root systems. The lion, the animal, the beast is a, is a huge archetype. But above it all, you have the Adam. You have the firstborn who have the authoritative blessing, the Berakah and the Bekarah. The blessing and the birthright. They've been given that. to. And you know what the thing is when it's all said and done? It's a free gift. Anybody can come. This is, this is one of the, and it plays itself out in scripture. There are righteous, the storyline is righteous from the other side that become righteous. You can change your spots. Can a leopard change its spots? Well, with Yahweh, all things are possible. You can't do it in a million years. But with Yahweh, there is a program. The, 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 the Tanakh will totally transform you. And this ultimately is the whole point of understanding the deep mystery, keeping it in the house so we don't lose the fundamental archetypes. Mount it combined with some of the ways these words are constructed to give us truth and keep us sort of in the house, in the right parameters. Um, and so that, so that you can begin to see when you start to see like Enoch is big on the animal apocalypses. They do, they, incredible information gets encoded and passed on how Enoch, especially in the middle chapters, uses these uh, trees. There were two trees in the garden. I mean, so many ways, that in itself is a big tip-off. There's two huge, is what it's saying. There's two huge ecosystems. Choose you this day. You got darkness and chaos. He separated the light from the darkness. He made, if you just live from one side, from Elohim, you know, this is why, oh, there's so much, all right, I'm going to make my last point. It's going to take a while to get all this out, but this is where some of these shapes come from, where math, this is how incredibly coded this is, but you have basically within these four dimensions, you have the square, you have the circle, you have a triangle, and you have the point, sorry. They're the basic building blocks of all, all, all life, all humanity, everything created. When they structure the universe, oh, you're never going to see that. These things are going to get put on good slides. The spiral, see the lamed in the sphere there? Okay, this doesn't lie. Nate, true science is going to totally, and that's what they're discovering, this type of the divine elements of sacred geometry, I'm telling you what, people, it's true. This is true. There is a standard. We can be empirical with the nations. See, I'm done with the godless talking me out of this. This is true. This doesn't change. Every gener in every generation, there have been those that have known this, has carried this forward. Now this is the knowledge that's going to come out and, and cover the whole earth, and everyone is going to be able to operate according to this system, whether their deeds are good or whether they're evil, and it will automatically bring immediate judgment because that's just everything's going to be in the light. So in that note, it's great. I just say wicked, you know, the wicked be damned. If you're going to stay wicked, if you're not going to come to Torah, I don't teach your grandmother's Torah anymore, you know, okay? But at the same time, I don't teach anything occultic. I don't teach anything new age. I'm not trying to bring anybody into anything except the, except to the middle pillar, into yod heh vav -Hey, into the Tetragrammaton, <coughs> into an understanding of Yahweh Elohim, the high God of Israel, who is here. <laughs> he is here. He is threshing, judging all of the nations. So you better get your act together. On that note, um, see you here, there, or in the air soon and very soon. Shalom, shalom. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Maybe you have some questions or would like to share your thoughts. Liz would love to chat with you about it, so head on over to the website, electlife.org. Or if you prefer, you can leave your comments on the Liz McGee YouTube channel. And if you're over on YouTube, don't forget to subscribe and hit the bell. Tune in next week as Liz brings out more on the mysteries that matter and more food for the soul. Thanks for tuning in.